It's my real privilege to, to welcome on stage one of our own homegrown missionaries that have left from this community and is serving the Lord along with his wife, Elita, and little boy Samuel. Andrew, so great to have you here today and share the word with us and just share some of your experiences. So why don't you give Andrew a really good round of applause and just welcome him with us today and just bless you, Andrew. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Louis. It's good to be here. Really amazing. I was so enjoying the worship, and uh, I was having kind of flashbacks to significant times in my life that are related with this, my spiritual home, Hatfield. And I remember here's my address kind of on the carpet here, where I was discipled in the river of the Holy Spirit, where the Lord took away insignificance, took away pain and brokenness and revealed the Father's love to me in my life with Him. I remember up there, I don't know if you're still baptized there, but that's where I was baptized. And over here, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. So here's like my spiritual journey that set me on course with Jesus. So I'm so grateful for Hatfield and for the, the springs, the springs of life, the wells of the Lord in this place that you just sense. I, I remember coming into this auditorium many times in my early walk, and I just felt the presence of the Lord. As I came forward, I couldn't even get to the front because there was such a sense of the presence, just like today, and I'm grateful to the Lord for that. So as Pastor Louis said, greetings from Alita, you've probably seen this, so, and Samuel. Today we're gonna to look at an amazing story in the Bible, the calling of the first disciples. And so we will read together from the Gospel of Luke, uh, verse 1 to 11, and then I will unpack a couple of very practical examples that I believe Jesus gave to us to follow, and if we do, we're going to see transformation of lives, our own lives, but also the people who are outside of this building. So let's read together Luke 5, 1 to 11. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing, Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. They followed Jesus. That's a great story. What a great account that happened between Jesus and 
his first disciples who were fishermen. I know for myself, I was recounting some of my early days here in Hatfield and this adventure that I've been on for the last 30 years following the Lord and going out to the nations and hearing and seeing and being a participant of what the Lord is doing in the nations. And there's nothing more wonderful. The call of the Lord is the same today. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. On my first trip, I decided I have a call into missions, but I need to test this out. So I went to Mozambique in 1993. The country had been through a civil war. It was a very impoverished country. But I found people hungry to hear the word of the Lord. I remember going all the day out into the villages, the huts, the people would feed us with whatever they had. They were so kind and generous. And we would get to the end of the day and our team was exhausted. They would go to their tent or their little hut and fall asleep and snore a lot, as people do when they're tired. I, I couldn't sleep, maybe the noise. So I went out under the stars and I would just look at the stars and there's no light pollution, at least not then. And you would just see this incredible heavens that God has made. And I was in awe of the greatness and the grandeur of our God. And then I felt so small, but then I realized that the God who made all of this, he loves me so much that he died for me on the cross. And it kind of takes me, you know, as we read the scripture, it says that the people were pressing on Jesus. They were pushing on him because they wanted to hear the word. What was it about Jesus that made him so different from the other teachers? And I believe it was they sensed something. This wasn't just an ordinary man. They maybe didn't know about his birth or that he is the son of God, but there's something about him that grabbed their attention. And I believe we find a, a key which they didn't have back then, but in the book of Colossians, it says in Colossians 1 verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. That is the Jesus they were pressing on. Isn't that amazing? The creator of heaven and earth came and lived here and called ordinary people to make extraordinary impact in the nations. You know the stars, as I was looking at those stars, recently NASA launched a telescope called the James Webb Telescope. You might have been following it. And they are detecting light from stars that is traveling over 13 billion light years to come to Earth. It's hard to imagine. The sun takes eight minutes, 20 seconds for the light to reach Earth. That's, and that's pretty far away for us. But they find him stars and galaxies, 13 billion light years. That was created through him and in him, and he holds it together. That's Jesus. Can you imagine the great power of Jesus? You said it this morning, even the galaxies can't contain the glory of the Lord. And here he was walking on the Sea of Galilee. Isn't that amazing? And what did he do? He took an initiative, and that's the first point. Jesus came, he took an initiative to go to a very dark place. Of course, you go there today, it's a beautiful area, the Sea of Galilee. But when Jesus came, it had a reputation. They called it the Galilee of the Gentiles. 
700 years before Jesus arrived there, Isaiah prophesied and he said, the people living, walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those who are living under the shadow of death, a light has sprung up. When Matthew wrote about it, he said, the people who are sitting in darkness have seen a light. So he took the verb walk in to sit in. So I don't know if you've ever been in a very dark room. I've been in a cave, which is very dark, but a dark room. You get inside and they close the door. It's pitch black. What do you do? You start walking around the room looking for a light. You, you walk and you feel on the wall there must be a light switch. You don't find anything. You start looking for the door. You keep on looking, but there's no door. What do you do after an hour or two? You come to the point, you say, this is hopeless. I will just sit here. Maybe somebody will help me. And that's the area Jesus came to. People had lost hope. They were desperate, but they'd given up. This is their fate. They will live in this type of reality for their whole lives. But Jesus came. Jesus took the initiative and he came. When I went to the Middle East many years ago, back in the 90s, there was a ministry called Derek and Ruth Prince, Ministers of the Gospel. And Ruth Prince and Derek would take once a week to fast and pray and hear what the Lord was saying. On one of their uh, times of prayer, Ruth saw a vision and she saw a map of the Middle East. She saw the hand of God moving over the Middle East. The thumb was over Turkey. The fingers were over Syria and Lebanon, Jordan, Israel, and Egypt. And she heard the Lord saying, I'm getting ready to show mercy to the people of the Middle East. When I heard this, I felt the Lord saying, I'm inviting you. I'm going to do something. Do you want to be part of it? Do you want to join me in this initiative? And I said, yes, Lord. Here I am. Send me. And many others have gone over the years. And we've seen God do amazing things. Up until the early 90s, you didn't hear much about people turning to Jesus in that area. It was a hard area. People were just like in that room in darkness. They, they couldn't see any light. But then we started realizing and seeing and meeting people who were seeing visions of Jesus. They were seeing firsthand the Lord come to them. One man that I knew personally, he's gone to be with the Lord now. He shared his story with me and he said, his family were fighting over an inheritance, and he was directly in line to get the inheritance, but some of the family decided to poison him, to get rid of him. And so they poisoned him, and they almost killed him. He was lying in a hospital in a coma. No hope. He was going to die. And he tells me the story. He was lying there, and he started hearing the sound of music. The sound of timbrels and drums and harps and instruments of heaven. That's all he could say. It was just this glorious sound came as he was lying there. And then he opened his eyes and he saw the wall in front of him. And the wall opened up. And in walked the most, he said, the most handsome person he's ever seen in his life. And this person was shining with glory. And he walked in and he said to this man in the bed, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And he was given all the titles that this is a Muslim man. He didn't know any of these scriptures. He didn't, hadn't read the Bible before. He had never heard the gospel. But he heard Jesus introducing himself. He came and stood next to him. And the hands of Jesus, there was oil flowing from his hands. And he started to anoint this man with oil, saying, by my stripes you are healed. 
And this man just was in awe, what is happening here? And suddenly Jesus turned and walked out through the wall and the wall closed. He woke up. He was healed. He jumped out of bed, started jumping through the the room in the hospital, banging on the door, shouting, Jesus has healed me. Jesus has healed me. The doctor came and said, this can't be. You're a Muslim. How is this happening? What is this? But they could see he was almost dead, and now he is a healed man. Of course, he came to the Lord shortly after that, because what can you do when you have an encounter like that? This is the initiative of God in the Arab world right now. There's something beautiful and amazing happening. God is taking the initiative. Amen? In the next verse, we see... uh, So this crowd is pressing on him, and then it says, and Jesus saw. What did he see? He saw two boats and the fishermen who were on the side cleaning their nets. He saw. People around, they saw just frustrated fishermen. They're not having a good day. They've been out all night fishing. They don't have anything. But Jesus saw differently. And so we need to see what is the Father doing and join him in what he's doing. Because he's always doing something. My wife says, Jesus has not been on lockdown. He's not under quarantine. He doesn't care about all the restrictions because the Spirit of God doesn't know borders. He can move beyond what we can imagine. He is able to go into the most closed country and just in a moment open all of their eyes that they can see Jesus. That's our God. He's the creator of heaven and earth. So we need to see what the Lord is doing. What Jesus saw that day when he saw Peter and James and John and Andrew wasn't just fishermen. He saw nation changers. He saw people who were going to be transformed by the power of God and impact the world. What does he see when he looks at you or at me? When I started this, I only saw an insignificant little boy. I was a youngster coming through a lot of broken uh, things in my past, but he saw beyond that. He saw, one day I'd stand here with my family and share the story. He saw significance. What does he look when he sees you? He sees potential. He sees you changing nations. He sees your life right there in the yellow shirt. God's going to use you to touch many people. Amen? He wants to open our eyes. I remember when we started the work there, and the Lord said to us, go into every town, every village, and pray. Seek my face, and that was one of the keys here today. Pray, pray, pray. So we started for one year, we walked through the villages, just praying. We had teams come in, praying. We had, every time we could go, we prayed and prayed, and we started noticing. It's like the Lord opened our eyes. In the communities where we work in now, we saw a lot of special needs, physical Uh, disabilities, people who couldn't walk, people hidden away because of the shame in that environment. They were not allowed to be out in the open. And so we saw, saw that need and we said, God, how do we respond? And the village leadership came to us one day and they invited us to a meeting and they said, please help us in our village. 5% of this village have special needs. They don't go to school. They're not educated. They, many of them locked up at home. Please help us. They can't get around. They don't have wheelchairs. And we said, sure, we'll help you on two conditions. One, 
If they have questions about our faith, we want to answer them. And secondly, we want to pray for their needs. If it's physical, we want to pray for them. If it's any type of need, we'll pray for them. And they said, come, do whatever you want, but help us. And so we started in this one village. And we did whatever we could, paint in houses, bring in food, bring in wheelchairs, loving on the people, praying for the sick. Whatever we could do, we did there. And the next village heard. And they said, come to us. And then the next village and the next village. And it just spread. Every area that we prayed, the Lord has opened up the doors. There's not one village in that area where we prayed that we can't go into any home, sit with them, have delicious coffee and a good meal, and talk with them about Jesus. It is God's favor. But it starts in prayer. It's allowing the Lord to open your eyes to the opportunities, and then he will show you how to respond. I love the next one. What Jesus did, it says that he entered into the boat of Simon Peter. First of all, Simon and these guys were not part of the congregation. They were not looking to even listen to Jesus. They were just doing their job on the side of the sea. Jesus brought the congregation to them. And that's another, actually, very, it's not part of my message, but our job is to take the church to the people. Only so many people will come here, but your environment, your friends, your family, they are the ones who need Jesus. You need to take the church to them, just as Jesus did. He took the church to Simon and the fishermen. But what did he do then? It says that he climbed in the boat, he asked Simon to go in the water, and he sat down. He became the first fishy, stinky teacher probably in the history of the world. He smelt like fish for three years because he was in their boat all the time. He was willing to become incorporated, incarnated into their life. Are we willing to get that deep into the life of people? That's our calling, is to go beyond, not just to be satisfied, to from a distance preach the gospel. No, if you can't get into the home of a person, into their life and really feel their pain, as Jesus did, he had compassion on the people because he was close to the people. We are called to get close to them. I remember on one of the visits, we were in a home in a village, and uh, the need really touched my heart. The husband was blind. He was having one leg amputated. He was fighting cancer and hadn't eaten a meal for one year. He had a pipe on the side of his tummy, which they would feed him. And his wife, when she shared about the, the burden of having to take him every two weeks to the hospital for, for therapy, chemotherapy, she just started to weep, to weep, to weep. And I felt the Lord saying, Andrew, help them. Whatever you can do, just help them. And so I said to her, when is the next time you go into the hospital? I want to help. And she was surprised and she said, well, it's this day. And so I've made a note of it. And I called her the day before. For them to go to the hospital, they'd have to travel hours, go through military checkpoints, and she'd have to go from a taxi to a bus, to all sorts of things. And she'd have to carry him many of the times. And so I met them there and helped to put him in the van and took him to the hospital. And I started asking him questions. And he started sharing with me his life. This man had been in prison. And in prison, he had a hunger for spiritual truth. And so he gathered at a library and he found a Bible in the prison and started to read the stories in the Bible. When he got to Jesus... He fell in love with Jesus. He's a Muslim man. 
And when he read, read the stories of Jesus, his life, his ministry, and his death, and his resurrection, he believed. All on his own, he came to a faith in Jesus Christ. And so here I saw it. Now I'm taking him to the hospital, taking them home, and every two weeks engaging with them, eating with them, took Samuel with me to their home, and they fed us. I heard the story, and I realized he's a brother in the Lord, and the Lord wanted to honor him in his last days here on earth. The last day I met them at the border and then took them to the hospital. And I uh, remember she was holding him in the back of the car, weeping because he was dying. Got him to the ICU and she was with him the last day in the ICU. And she's not a believer yet, but she said as he was dying, his face started to radiate. The glory of the Lord came upon him and his teeth that were black before suddenly became brilliant white as he went to be with Jesus. And she was like, what is this? What an amazing thing. So now we continue the journey with her, engaging with her, visiting her. Now we start in a discovery Bible group with her and her lady friends, a pre-discipleship course with them. So pray for them. The kingdom spreads through relationships. It's really through relationships. Enter into the lives of the people. Number four I love, which is See God's power released into impossible situations. And we know Peter and them had been fishing the whole night. They caught nothing. And then Jesus said, go to the deep. Cast your net into the water. And he said, well, you know, you're not really a fisherman. You're kind of a, a teacher and so on. But yeah, we've worked hard. But because of your word and the word he said there, because of the rhema word you're saying, I will do it. And so he went, and they caught an amazing fish. There's two words there. It says, first the net was breaking, and then the, the boats were sinking. We want to see harvests like that, don't we? We really do. But what does it take? It takes the power of God. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit. A few years ago, I was in a nation in the Middle East, and uh, we had two guests come. We were doing a teaching with church planters, and one of them was Floyd McClung. You've probably heard of him, but apostolic leader. He went to be with the Lord recently. And he brought this other guy that what didn't look impressive, if I can be honest. He was a little bit like a hippie, long hair, blue jeans. And I was like, I just want to listen to Floyd. But he, you know, was given the, the, the microphone and Floyd said to Jim, please, Jim, share your story. <clears throat> so Jim had gone to Papua New Guinea to work in an unreached people group. He went with his wife and children and they went to this unreached group, they learned the language, they learned all the tools, how to share the gospel, they started translating the scriptures. But nobody responded. There was a lot of witchcraft, and the people had been told, if you accept their message, you will be cursed and you will die. So for three years they persevered and they thought, this is hard ground, it's never going to change. But the Lord said, continue, just pray. One day they were in their hut, they heard screaming in the jungle, and they ran out and they saw people running through the jungle towards the river. They got to the river, and there on the side of the river were all the people mourning and shouting, screaming, throwing dust in the air, and there was a little boy who was dead, lying on the side of the river. He was the son of the chief. He had gone, the chief, in the morning to go fishing. And he had taken his two-year-old boy in the back of his canoe, and as he was fishing, his son fell in the water. And he turned around, he couldn't find him. They called the village and they searched for this boy for half an hour until they found him, head under the water, and he was, had drowned and he had died. They brought him to the shore and everybody was mourning. 
Jim's wife came and she's a nurse. She tried to resuscitate the boy. Nothing worked. And then Jim says this. He felt a gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of faith come in his heart. And the Lord said to him, I will raise this boy. And so he spoke out loud and he said, Lord, none of this village believe in you, but in the name of Jesus, I command this boy to stand up alive. The boy came alive and he stood up. (coughs) He raised from the dead and that whole village came to know Jesus that day. Jesus has given us power. He said, wait in Jerusalem till you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, which will make you witnesses. We have that power. He wants to release more power. Hey, Brian, power to see the nations changed and impacted with the gospel of Jesus. The fifth point is Jesus transforms lives. Peter fell down on his knees when he saw this amazing thing. He said, depart from me. I am a, a sinful man. He fell down. There's nothing more amazing than an encounter with the kingdom, an encounter with Jesus. A family we got to meet through the the work, we met the man, and he was just so open when we we were talking with him. And I wondered, why is he so receptive? And he told me he had had a dream, and he had seen Jesus as a shepherd calling him to be part of the flock. And he gave his heart to the Lord. We started uh, with his wife, Sharon, she gave her heart to the Lord. And then the daughter was having problems with learning. She would forget everything that she was learning in, in school. There's a lot of pressure, we all know. And she would study, and the next day came, and she forgot everything. And so she was failing in all of her results. We gave them a Bible, and she started reading the Bible every night, just learning the Word and filling her mind with Scripture. And the Lord healed her. I saw her report card two weeks ago, and everything was 95 plus. We had the joy two weeks ago of baptizing this family, and it was 42 degrees in the area where we were. It's summer over there, but there's a start of a movement. They are reaching out to others, and there's just a flow of the kingdom, but it's through the power of God. Amen? The last point and I just love this because it's for me and it's for all of us. And maybe the worship, the worship team can come up. Jesus invites us, uh, let me see, invite others to follow Jesus. What did Jesus say to Peter when he had this encounter? He didn't just leave him on his knees. He said to him, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. The kingdom is never just about you and me and Jesus. It's always the Lord reaching out. This is his heart. If you could hear the heartbeat of Jesus today, it would be people, people, people. The disciples who followed Jesus, they were concerned with other things and with food and this and that. And It says Jesus was moved with compassion Whenever he saw people, he never turned one person down. Have you noticed that? Whoever came to him, Jesus was there, and he met the need, and he loved on people. And the same with Peter that day. He didn't just leave him on his knees. He got him up and said, you have a destiny. You are going to be my instrument. You are going to be a nation changer. 
And I was asking the Lord, personally, Lord, what was it about Peter that got your attention? And I kind of wrote down something I felt the Lord saying. My heart jumped within me knowing what Father was planning for their lives. I saw the rough, broken hands of Peter, seeing them being loving, kind instruments that would one day raise the dead. I saw gentle Andrew coming on an adventure that would truly shake the nations and the whole world. I saw heaven's abundance funneling through them as they learned to obey and trust in my goodness. And maybe today the question the Lord is saying, or the question you need to ask the Lord is, Lord, what do you see in me? What do you see as my destiny? How can I be a fisher of man? What is it in me that you want to bring alive today? What do you want to revive in me that I can go out and bring others to know you? It's not just about me. God wants to use us as channels. He wants to flow through you like a mighty river. He said, out of your bellies will flow streams of living water. You're a channel of living water. You're a channel of the gospel, of his power. So many people we've met, if we hadn't been there, if we hadn't been just a small little switch in their lives, where would they be today? We are nothing, but he is everything. He takes our lives and he does something. So I'd love just to pray for you. If you feel the Lord just stirring your heart, Maybe you want to react or you just want to put up your hand or you want to just kneel down. I want to just pray for the Lord to, to meet each one of us today. Jesus, today you are standing on that edge of the sea and we are there. The crowds are there, but you're looking at each one of us. You're looking at Simon. You're looking at whoever's here, individuals with destiny, with purpose, with significance, with potential. You're looking at each one of us as a friend, and you're saying, I want to share my secrets with you. I want to invite you to come on the most amazing journey. I want to take your hand, and I want to share Father's secrets. I want to open your eyes to see the harvest field in your workplace, in the nations, beyond. And so, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, come in this place, come in our lives in a fresh way today, Lord. This church has an inheritance in the nations, Lord. Unlock the rivers, Lord. Unlock the springs, the wells of life, Jesus. Release a new wave, Lord, of missionaries to go out from this church to the nations. Let your fire come, Lord. Let your name be glorified as we take those steps, as we walk with you hand in hand to see lives transformed wherever we go because you are there ready, Lord. We give you the glory, Lord. We give you the honor, and the praise because you are worthy, Jesus, the Lamb of God. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen.